Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Monday, and man, we bring the heat Monday mornings with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well. So, uh, you know, you can't really believe everything you read on the internet, uh, but if, if, if Wikipedia is correct, uh, today is Grant Cardone's birthday, uh, the 21st of March. So happy birthday, Grant. And I thought, who better to speak with? Because of all my experts, you've actually interviewed Grant. You know Grant. You run in some of the same circles. Uh, so I thought maybe we should talk about, uh, you know, messages or things that we think Grant has done particularly well over the last uh, couple of decades. Because uh, again, you, you either love him or hate him. But in fairness, he's, he has done some pretty cool things over the last, you know, decade or so. So yeah. uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's an inspirational story. You know, he, he was a drug addict and he pulled mm -hmm. himself out of that and became a top salesman in the automobile industry. He was a car salesman, you know, and, and rose to the top of, of the field there and then started teaching other people how to do it. And then uh, started learning about real estate and bought you know a couple of houses, learned his lessons there and moved into multifamily and just kind of slowly worked his way into it, studied it for a long, long time before he really started investing. And bought, you know, before he bought his first multifamily building, and then he sold that and got a bigger one. He sold a house that he had and reinvested that and things. So he's, you know, he's grown and scaled his business. He's doing a number of different things. And, you know, uh, from a marketing standpoint, in terms of, uh, you know, his, his philosophy about, you know, ever present marketing. And um, gosh, I can't remember the other term. It'll come to me in a minute. Uh, in terms of just being everywhere, omnipresent, omnipresent marketing, being everywhere all the time. And then his philosophy of 10X, which when you basically boil it down, he calls it, you know, talks about a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day, doing 10 times more than you think you really need to do from a marketing standpoint, sales standpoint, funnel standpoint, bringing in new business, mm -hmm. you know, to ultimately get to where you want to be. Um, you know, now that that's not applicable in every area, but in business, you know, it can kind of it can kind of make sense. You can reach a diminishing return there, but yeah, hugely inspirational story. And, um, you know, he's, he's achieved a lot, but you know, he's not for everybody, like you say, cause he's flashy, you know, he's half entertainer, half, you know, yeah. business entrepreneur. And, you know, a lot of the stuff he does is just to entertain and shock and get attention. Cause that's yeah. his, that's his, his whole thing is about intention. If nobody knows you, then, you know, nobody will do business with you. So you have to be known and you have to be known everywhere. And, um, you know, the other thing too is just this constant, you know, thriving to do more and do more and do more. And a lot of that comes from that, you know, obsessive compulsive personality that a lot of addicts have. So whether you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever that is, if you're watching and listening to this right now, you know, he overcame that by number one, getting treatment and going through the process, but applying that obsessive compulsive, you know, bent that you have as an addict into real estate and into business. So you can channel that somewhere else and pull yourself out of that. So that's a great example there for a lot of people that struggle with that. So he just channels it into business and he go, 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 go and never stop and more, 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 more and go big and go big. And, you know, that's right and good for some people, but it's not right and good for everybody. So, you know, uh, everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own goals. And, um, you know, in terms of getting to where he has gotten over the last 10 years, you know, he's done a lot of things where a lot of people can learn lessons from him in terms of, you know, how to raise capital, how to build a brand, you know, and how to get after it. And again, it's a guy that pulled himself up from basically nothing over a 20, 30 year career versus, you know, and then more yeah. specifically over the last 10 years with capital raising and reinvesting in multifamily properties. But, yeah, you know, that's uh, it's a great story. 
Yeah, I think there's so much in it that kind of resonates or, or if you can get past the flash, right? Because again, he is all about being known, right? Good or he doesn't really care. Good or you know I'm bad or good. He's like, hey, you know me, right? The first step to a sale is knowing you can't sell anything if you don't know me. So I think I think there's a lot of that. But if you get to into his real life story, I think there's a couple of things that we should all appreciate. First and foremost, uh, again, according to some you know, a couple of articles I looked at, he's now a billionaire. He, he, in one of the interviews I saw recently, he pegged it at about 1.3. Obviously, lots of assumptions about what his companies are worth and all these other things. Regardless of it's 1.3 billion or 800 million, he started with a single family home. He was a drug addict. He, he came up from nothing. And again, it all starts slow, right? I, I tell everybody that you can make work optional in 10 years, uh, but the first three, four, five years are slow. Uh, the other thing I take from Grant is he's all in, right? He, he gets, he gets after it. He goes, goes, goes. He's, he doesn't worry about perfection. He just does the work and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get better next time is kind of how I think about it. And um, then he's, he's made financial decisions that most of us, if we really sat back, wouldn't do. Let me give you an example. He lived in Lionel Richie's home, which I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to guess it was pretty nice. And at some point he sold that for 20 million bucks if the story's right. And he, he moved that money into apartments. So he started renting, right? And I think he was married at the time and I believe he had his oldest. Anyways, he, he stepped back, right? He sold where he lived, which was a nice house, made a bunch of money and moved that into apartments. Um, you know, he, he's, made, he's, he's made some strategic decisions that I don't know a lot, uh, a lot of us would kind of step out and make. So I think there's a lot of goodness there in the story that sometimes get missed in the flash. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been, he's been at it a long time. You know, he's been building this for a long time. He's more than 20 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, he went through it in 2089 and shifted and pivoted. And that's when he wrote 10 X and, you know, he was faced with, you know, potentially losing everything and he had to re, you know, readjust himself and pivot. And then really over the last 10, 11 years is when he's really, done the most of what he's done but a lot of people what they you know what they don't see and don't understand was you know he was doing that live you know youtube show for years and years and he still mm -hmm. still does a lot of that but every single day he was doing that daily live show on youtube and talking about you know real estate and then he figured out you know how to raise money using social media uh and that's really the key is just you know raising that capital to do the deals and then mm -hmm. you know you just do the one deal and you go bigger and you go bigger and you scale it from there so i mean that's what's cool is that he's showing you you know pretty much you know, almost anybody, you know, who educates themselves and applies themselves can do it. I'm not going to say anybody can do it because obviously there's people in circumstances that can't, but, mm -hmm. you know, if you are willing to apply yourself, educate yourself, do the work and get out there and learn from people like him, uh, you know, you can definitely do it. But yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll say some stuff and do some stuff that's kind of like a head scratcher, but, you know, what he does works for him. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure at some point, you know, you, you reach a certain age where I'm sure he'll slow down and, you know, maybe exit some things. But right now, you know, he's on a tear. And what's really cool too, is a lot of people don't realize he's in his sixties. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that about Grant. He's in his sixties. So for people that are in their fifties or even in their sixties, that alone is inspirational because a lot of people feel like, you know, you hit your fifties or sixties, it's time to retire or settle down or do whatever. And, you know, like I said, everybody has their different things in terms of how big they want to go, how much they want to do. And the other thing is everything is at risk. So, what he's doing, everything is on the line and it can implode at any minute if the economy has a major hiccup and he can lose everything. So that's the other thing that a lot of people don't think about 
is that he's also taking a lot of risk and he's putting his, he's putting his money and his balance sheet where his mouth is mm -hmm. and he's risking everything for these moves. Sure. And, uh, you know, cash flow is great till it's not yeah. <laughs> you know, and equity yeah. and balance sheet and all that net worth is great till it's not. We all saw what happened in 2008, nine, those of us that were real estate heavy, our net worth went negative overnight and yeah. we did nothing different, nothing new, nothing wrong. It just, because of the value of the properties. So, you know, yeah, he's a billion, you know, on paper today, but you know, the risk he's taking to get there is that that can flip overnight. Mm -hmm. Those loans can start getting called the investors can start losing money and then that's when things can really implode and everything you see can go away. Now that's not a negative. That's not a whatever. I'm just saying that yeah. shows you that he's putting it all on the line and getting out there. And that's what entrepreneurs do. And that's yeah. how you create big things is by taking those risks. And, you know, back in 2008, nine, we saw, you know, some very, very large players that were tens of billions to hundreds of billions that, you know, got wiped out in 2008, nine from a real estate standpoint. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that risk is always there. So, you know, that's really cool, you know, is to be able to see at his age what he's doing and he's yeah. putting it out there and he's like, hey, I'm going for it, man. I've been waiting my whole life to get here. I'm going for it. There you go. The other thing that I love about his personal story is he bought that house, right? To, I, if I remember the story correctly, two, two young ladies move in. It's cash flowing fine. Then they move the out. The first one, yeah. Yeah, the very first one, right? Then they move out. He's negative cash flow. He sells it, puts a little money in his pocket. And then he decides he wants to go multifamily. What, what I've taken from his story, and this is from older videos, from the well, day the first house, what happened was he, the tenants wrecked the place, he lost them, and he sat there, you know, six months vacant, you know, just losing money. And that's when he realized, wait a minute, this single family thing is for the birds. You know, you, right. one tenant can wreck the entire thing for years. Yeah. So then where, where I, again, based on the story from the videos I've seen, from the day he sold that house to when he bought his first, I think it was a 16 or maybe it was a 26 unit building, his money, right? No partners yet, no, no capital raise. It was like two and a half years. And what I like about that is he was still flying around the country doing a million air miles, doing, doing his hustle, stacking cash, as he says, and learning the market, right? For me, that's always called the buy box, daily discipline. I wish he would talk more about that, right? What he was doing to learn it for two years. Um, I've never heard him dive into that. Have you ever had that conversation or maybe have any ideas what he was doing for those two years? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. So what he would do is he'd fly into a town and he would pick up the phone and cold call all the dealers mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is Grant Cardone. You know, I talked to you last year. I've got a training program. I want to stop by and show you how I can help you increase your sales. And he said people would hang up and he'd show up anyways. Ah. So he was kind of doing that. So the other thing, too, is Tony Robbins would tell you the same thing. So Tony Robbins is, you know, multi-billion dollar company now. And, uh, you know, I don't know what his net worth is these days, probably a billionaire with the value of all his companies and everything. But he did the same thing. He used to travel from town to town, putting on free seminars, uh, you know, just constantly on the road. And, and, you know, he wasn't cold calling on people, but he was putting on the free seminars. And he talks about the whole early stages where he almost went bust at one point because of that model, how unsustainable and expensive it is to put on those free seminars to, you know, get people in or promote your book. But yeah, Grant was literally, he said, I would get rejected from town to town. He said, but I'd hit every car dealer in that town. Then I'd go to the next one. I'd hit everyone. And that's literally what he was doing you know, with this training system until he realized and it hit him, wait a minute, I could just put all this in one package, do it all online and sell it from anywhere. And then he kind of grew and then started doing events and things and started to get to where people would come to see him. So he kind of, you know, figured out the social media and, and how to leverage that as he went along and with his sales program and the sales university, Cardone University that he has today, 
a lot of those videos in there are from 20 years ago when he when he was doing this. It's really oh, funny. You go in there and you look amazing. and you see that young Grant Cardone. <laughs> I think I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh yeah, he's funny, man. Had the brown suit and the big hair. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So again, I think Grant Cardone um, really does show you what's possible, right? He did come from nothing. He was not given a damn thing. And the other thing that I really take from him is if you stay committed, because he's been at he's been at the game for decades and he's evolved. Right. He started this when you had to fly around, meet face to face. Then he did a package and now he's doing everything online. All right. It's um, it's it, there's a lot. There's a lot to be impressed with. So what you just said, committed. So it's consistency. It's commitment. It's discipline. It's dedication. Hmm. You know, it's it's getting up every single day and getting after it. And when you look at people that, you know, have arrived and people that are there, like, you know, Grant and you and me that, you know, have been successful and have done some things. I mean, you know, he's been doing this 30 years. I've been right. doing this 30 years, you know, and everybody looks at you now and they want to be where you are now. Yeah. You know, not everybody, but people will look at where somebody is now and they're like, man, I want to be there, but they don't want to do the 10, 20, 30 years it takes to get there. And it, and it doesn't take 10, 20, 30 years because you can learn from people like me. You can learn from people like Grant, mm -hmm. learn from people like you and shortcut that process, you know, to be able to get there. But that's really the biggest thing is people will look at the commitment, the sacrifice, the determination, the dedication, the delayed gratification that it takes to get there. And they're like, yeah, I'd rather go hang out at the bar or, you know, go watch TV or, you know, just do whatever instead of doing what it takes, putting in the time and being committed and dedicated to your craft, to becoming the best at what you do or one of the best in your industry. Uh, and then, you know, getting out there and applying that knowledge and that skill set and taking action every single day. And, you know, that was as simple as it is to my story. I had a full-time job early in my career after the military and I had a business on the side constantly. And it wasn't just online that you can do now from anywhere. I mean, I was doing, you know, finishing rooms over garages for people and building decks and fences and doing construction with my hands on the weekends and on evenings after work, after a full-time job, already working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. I was going and doing this on the side. Now, wasn't the best thing for our early marriage and young kids and all that. And, you know, it was, it was tough, but, you know, I did what it took. And, and that was a very short period of time, you know, well, short period. It was basically 1990, uh, well, 1989, 90, when I got out of the military until 97. So it was a seven year period until I stepped yeah. out on my own full time and, uh, you know, started that business. And oh man, I, I, we got to say that again. I, you know, we've talked about this, our first interview, right? Truck in a toolbox two and a half years ago, whenever that was. Again, that was seven years. Now, in hindsight, that's a, that's a, that's a, but while you're in it, right? Pe people don't realize it takes time and commitment and focus and discipline. And it's, it's just getting after it. I, from 89 to 97, working two jobs essentially, right? Full time, then after hours, then you go out on your own. I think most people would have guessed it was seven weeks or seven months. No, it was seven years. That's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of it was because I didn't know what I didn't know. And when I was working a full-time job, I kept saying, man, if I only had the money, if I only had the money, you know, I could go do this. Cause that's, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, I was raised in an environment, working class family, no entrepreneurs, no business people, you know, that 
It took money to make money. That was what everybody told me. It takes money to make money. Well, what they didn't tell me was it doesn't always take your money. Yeah, it doesn't money. take your money. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so I didn't know how to raise capital. I didn't know how to leverage. So all I knew how to do was go work, you know, because that's how I was taught, which very fortunately, I was taught to be a hard worker. And I was taught if you want something, go figure out a way to make the money to pay for it. Knock on doors, cut grass, rake, break yards, wash cars, whatever, you know, to make the money to go do what you wanted to do. My dad's like, you want to go out and party on the weekend? You better go cut some grass today to make the money because I ain't giving it to you. you, you know, go. so that was the mentality I had. You had to work harder. You had to work harder. You had to put the, you know, and that's great. And that works. But what I didn't know was how to leverage all of that. And that's what I learned later on by pouring into myself and, you know, reading those books that revolutionized my life and the way I look at things. First, rich dad, poor dad. I want to be rich dad. <laughs> you know, when I saw what leverage is really all about, mm -hmm. everybody going to rich dad because he owned all the businesses, he owned the real estate, and he was teaching everybody how to do what he was doing. Robert Kiyosaki was his mentee, mm -hmm. you know, so that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be the mentor, the guy that had all the businesses, had all the property that everybody was coming to, you know, for, for things, now, you know, not from an egotistical way, but that's leverage, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you grow and scale. And that's what I did. And, you know, uh, but yeah, it took me seven years after the military. So I was in the military four years. So really it was 11 years from the time I went in the military out of high school. And by the way, when I was in high school, I had part-time jobs while I was in high school too. Wow. My first job was, you know, bagging groceries at a grocery store while I was in high school. Then I was, uh, I did telephone sales at one point, uh, you know, back in the day when you had to dial. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I made and delivered pizzas. That was my first restaurant job. Uh, so I was doing all that even while I was in school, you know, to earn extra money. Um, and then, you know, when I wasn't doing the other stuff, like, you know, cutting grass, I'd do that on the weekends when I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't working, I was cutting grass and regular leaves. I was always working always, you know, when I wasn't at school or doing that. Um, so I could go hang out at night, but that was 1985. I graduated high school, went in the Navy. So really from 85 to 97. So it was really 12 years mm. of a, you know, career path and side gigs before I started my full-time first company. And I've never looked back since. That is yeah, awesome. self-employed, self-sustained ever since. That is awesome. And that's just the last thing I want to point out about Grant Cardone on his birthday that he's starting to talk about more that was really missed in some of his videos from a couple of years ago is all the flash and dash and all that stuff that he buys, the watch, the cars, the plane, the helicopters. He's, he's very clear about now it's, it's go get your money, stack your cash, buy assets, and then buy the toys off the cash flow right? There's an order of operation, right? He goes and buys a $20 million estate on in Malibu somewhere from a Russian oligarch. And uh, he does that with cash flow, right? So um, I think that's a message a lot of people need to hear. Because uh, a lot of people, a lot of people want to rush to the end to buy the toy, not realizing that there really is a series of steps. Yeah, you want assets that pay for your lifestyle, another rich dad, poor dad, you know, philosophy that's where that came from is you know for, sure. for me build businesses that generate the cash flow to invest in other assets that then pay for things but you could just buy assets period that just pay for whatever it is you want you want a house in malibu get an asset that'll cover it you know there you go uh, or you know build a company sell it off and then have the cash you know either way so <laughs> either way yeah uh, this is a lot of fun again thank you for all you do and again you've interviewed grant cardone it is on your youtube channel uh what is it how can people follow you yeah, gregdickerson.com. All my social media links are there, YouTube channel, Twitter handle, everything is, is on the link there. And we did talk about his background and how he got started and how he went from nothing to, you know, kind of where he's at today and, and what he's doing. So, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to keep 
watching how long he keeps going. That's what I'm curious to see if he does decide to just sell it all and hang it up at some point. But I don't know. It may I not be in him. I don't think it's in him. I, th I think your earlier point about it, he needs something to fill that void and it's a demon he knows he still has. But as long as he can focus over here, he keeps it, yeah, at keeps bay. it at bay and keeps, keeps the trouble away. And that's, you know, for people watching that have that problem, uh, you know, that's a great way to focus your addiction. Uh, and, you know, same thing for me. You know, I was a lifelong smoker. I quit smoking in 2004. And what I did was I eliminated that habit, that addiction, and I picked up you know, the habit of fitness and exercise and all that and replaced one habit with another, you know, um, cause we all have a little bit of that in us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that was addiction like anything else. So I just took one and replaced it with another and that's what he did. Um, and you know, I'm the same way about business. I mean, I'll never retire. I'll keep doing deals, keep mentoring people. And, yeah. you know, it's fun, you know, not to the degree that he's doing with all of the companies yeah. and all that, you know, I'm not interested in that. And yeah, know, that, you know, at this point in my life, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to stay active and stay, you know, sure. doing deals and creative. I mean, you just, you just can't play golf all day long or go fishing all day long. I mean, it gets boring, you know? It's very boring. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for all you do. I look forward to topic number two. Take care. Yep.